This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. We are joined by Kamukhalo Matsoso, a lecturer, to see how academia has been impacted by the pandemic. Now, the pandemic has seen lecturers having to go online with teaching. What has this been like and what are some of your goals with your approach to online teaching? Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. The experience has been quite um, an overwhelming one, um, to say the least. I think moving from an institution that has facilities and resources where students from all different types and um, types of backgrounds and all different walks of life meet, you, you are aware that people come from different backgrounds, right? And you're aware that people come from different circumstances. But once everyone is home and is forced to be home, you start understanding that most students actually don't have the resources that other students have. I think what COVID did, especially in the education system, has shown us the classist um, 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 world that we're living in, that students, predominant predominant number of students work from campus to um, do their assignments, to do their work. And when they're home, there's been a great amount of lack of resources. Um, there isn't space to work at home. There's so many people sometimes living in the house. Some of them don't have those kind of circumstances, but data and, and other types of resources have been an issue. So it's been quite overwhelming. Um, as a lecturer, um, having to take in all of that and even understanding the personal issues that some students come from, you know, some students don't come from very healthy households and it's difficult for a student to be working in a household like that. Um, so it's it's been different, it's been challenging, but we've tried our best with um, all of those factors, including the educational ones of delivering the curriculum. So you work in an institution that is incredibly interactive, facilitating practicals, going out into the world to record things. How has this changed and how have you amended your online, your curriculum that you would have taught face to face to online learning? And how have you gone about this? So as you know, as you said, our our um, curriculum is very interactive. It's collaborative learning, students working together to shoot, to produce, to, 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 to create artistic work. I am a conceptual studies lecturer, so I teach the theory part of, of what they learn. I teach film, TV, and live performance students, and I teach them the critical studies or the critical angle of the work that they create. Now, going from a lecture hall into a space in my own, in my own um, study room has been quite interesting because um, I would usually show them things online or I'd have a performance from a a fellow colleague who brings in a performance where we see a performance in the theater at at, on campus or um, um, I bring in people of those particular fields to come and lecture and show them the work that, that they have done and it's been quite interesting to take that from the live experience to to the virtual experience. Um, firstly, it's very difficult to make sure that you calm students down. Um, everyone was very high in anxiety and, and apprehensive and uncertain about how it was going to start. Funny, I found that the first year students were more willing to adapt because, I mean, most of them don't have the background of university. But the, um, the second year and third year students were the ones, and I'm a third year coordinator, were the ones that struggled a little bit more with adapting from knowing that I'm going to be shooting, I'm going to be doing this, and I come to my lecture hall where Gam was teaching me, and we're going to see this performance, or we're going to learn about this, to actually having to listen to Gam all throughout. So we had to re- do recorded lectures on Zoom or have online virtual classes. So what I'd do is I'd record a lecture, um, have visuals, obviously, online and so forth, 
and then I'd do another lecture. So it now would take up more time because what would be one lecture would have to be divided into two um, lectures to un further unpack on a virtual level like this where you and I are interacting and talking via Zoom. Um, because a lot of the times they weren't understanding or grasping the things that they were getting on an audio and Zoom lecture. Whereas if it was virtual like this, they'd start understanding, being able to ask questions. But that takes longer, right? Because it's not a class setup where I can see them, where they start in interacting with one another, debating in class. It's now raising a hand on Zoom, being given the opportunity to speak. And that even takes up more time. So if a lecture was supposed to be an hour and lecture ends up being an hour and a half, if not more. Um, so we'd had to amend um, 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 our curriculum like that. And it's been quite challenging. And we've come across um, um, challenges such as connectivity, um, classes going over time, me having to do more work more tutorials, um, explaining more than I would have on a normal live setup. So it has included many challenges and adaptation of your curriculum. Speaking more particularly to the changing and adjusting of, of the curriculum, has the quality of the work decreased or increased during the pandemic? Can it still be tested and be treated the same as it would have been should we have contact learning and should it have occurred not in pandemic standards? To say whether it's decreased or increased, uh, that I can't really answer. But one thing I could tell you is that we've realized that it's possible to learn virtually. I think the one thing that we always thought, oh, we can't move online. You know, we're always thinking the 4IR, the um, fourth industrial revolution of everything is going to be online. And COVID-19 showed us that we're moving faster in that direction and comfortably so than we would have anticipated. So, um, to say whether or not it is increased or decreased, it's been challenging. I think that's something that students should answer. But I do know that a lot of students, because I was very interactive on Twitter and very interactive on social media, Facebook as well, um, reading up on the anxieties of the students and just the uncertainties. So that's something that I think students should answer. But on my end, it hasn't been impossible to deliver curriculum. It has been challenging, but it hasn't been impossible because I realized it is something that is actually possible to give a, a lecture obviously I can't bring a performance um on to a theater if I'm if I'm teaching something in the concept of performativity but I've realized that there are ways to go around it it is not impossible to move in this time now, shifting to the actual examinations and testing so I personally mm. just completed exams that took out an arm and a leg from me but as a lecturer do you worry about the integrity of the work that is being submitted to you and how are you ensuring that students aren't let's say receiving assistance or collaborating on the work are you even sitting for exams we see UCT has scrapped exams for the entire year what kind of effect would that have Mm, I think it definitely has compromised the standard in which we are delivering assessments. That much I can say because as lecturers, we're also more considerate of the fact that um, students are not in normal setup working environments or normal setups or normal working environments, as I'm saying, sorry. Um, so we've actually been very considerate um, in terms of how we have delivered the content, firstly, and how we're marking the content as well. Um, so a lot of our students, in terms of their presentations and their exams and their take-home exams that they've submitted, um, we've understood that some of them, I mean, I've, I've started marking a lot of the take-home exams that the students submitted, and I've realized 
a lot of them really have been struggling to grasp some of the concepts. So we even had to amend um, questions in terms of what the take-home exams were going to be to fit the COVID-19 restrictions and to fit the context of what's happening. But even then, I realized not all students have grasped the amendment. Not all students have grasped or adapted to how we have changed um, the assessments. And not all students actually coped with the assessments. I even think about their pictures that they did last week, which are also exams. Some students coped better than others, and you could tell there were some that really didn't understand what was expected of them. Um, and even though they worked together and they collaborated, they all may not have understood what, what was accepted of them. But on our end, we had to be considerate and be mindful of the fact that what's happening is currently happening. And that also does compromise the way that you mark. You wouldn't have marked that in that way was it in a real life setup. So it does compromise the standard in which now we are approaching our work even because we have to be considerate of the fact that not everyone was allocated at the same time. Not everyone had the same privileges. Not everyone understood or grasped, grasped the work the same way. I mean, even in terms of consultations, I would get an influx of emails and yes, I'd get through them. But if I had about a hundred students asking for consultations, it would be difficult to get through all of them. So I'd have to group them in Zoom meetings and not all of them could make them to not all of them could make it to the Zoom meetings for consultations. So I had to consider all of those factors, even in my approach to marking and in my approach to assessments. So a very intersectional re approach is required now to academia. Yeah. And will this be forever thing? What do you believe some of the long-term effects from this pandemic could be on the way you teach, the way work is done, and more specifically in the marking and the integrity of the work? Sure. I, I think the long-term effects of this would be students expecting that even when we go back into the real world, right? Students knowing that there was a type of consideration that was implemented and that was practiced um, during long distance learning. And I'm also scared about um, just the pattern of work being compromised as well and students not putting in the same amount of work when we do. Should we ever, I mean, who knows when we're going to go back to normal. Numbers are rising, cases are, um, are increasing, um, death tolls and death rates are increasing. So I know a lot of people are, the, even in terms of the quality of the work, it's slacking a little bit with some students. I can't say all. Some really are putting in the work. And obviously, that has a lot to do with different types of privileges, different types of accesses. Um, and that's why I'm saying COVID-19 also showed a high, um, 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 a, a big highlight in 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 how divided our country is in terms of class and access. But what I think is going to be the long-term issue here is how students approach the work, right? Already they struggle to adapt to get into the virtual world. When we have to go back into the real world, there's going to be this disconnect in terms of the, their work ethic. And, um, and I could be wrong, but I know that these are the challenges that would arise with some students, their work ethic, the quality of the work that they produce, the way that they interact, even in reality, I mean, social distancing is the thing that we're going to have to live with probably for a really long time. And if we're working in the arts, that's completely difficult to social distance where you're shooting together, where you're producing, directing together, um, where you're on set with a group of people in a collaborative space. So it's going to compromise the way that we do our work. As And, and I, by we, I mean the students. It's going to compromise the way that they deliver their work and therefore it's going to compromise the way that their work is received by lecturers.
in the long in the long run in the long run there are many effects of covid and as we've shown time and time again on the covid report no sector nothing has been left untouched by the no. pandemic so would you say online learning can replace contact learning for all facets of life or is it just a for now thing or something that will eventually end? I am hoping and I'm speaking out of hope because I, I don't think really any of us knows um, what what is going to be what. Um, I'm hoping that at some point we will overcome this because if we do do um, distance learning, if we do do contactless work, you know, I mean, we are a school that aims to create professionals in the creative space. Um, that's going to compromise the amount of students we let out into the professional creative space. So I do hope things will turn around at some point because um, who knows what will happen in our in the arts. These are the people that are the future of the arts and we need them. We need each other. Um, I'm hoping that things turn around and that things change because even with education, um, as a teacher, I've been teaching for six years now. And even as someone who's been taught before, I found power in someone teaching me through contact. And I think it would be such a detriment if we continue with something like this, you know, um, it would be interesting to see the world, even when post-COVID and COVID is gone, the world staying virtual. But it would it would still be lovely to have that contact learning as there's so much power in understanding things in the physical through using your actual senses, despite just your hearing and your seeing. But the touching of a camera, the touching of um, um, props on set and, and things on stage and interacting with each other um, as, as a crew and as a team, I think it would be so detrimental to students who get into now an era of contactless learning they would be missing out on a great part of education that we were privileged to have um so i think it, it would would be a it, i can't say that this was, it will be us for the rest of our lives i'm hoping it will it will not be but it would be interesting to see if we actually maybe even collaborate the virtual and the contact um but yeah i'm hoping it won't just be virtual and as a lecturer what are some of your fears around this pandemic and teaching during this pandemic Sure. My biggest fear is students being reluctant to register, um, students being reluctant to return to school because they feel, well, until this mess is over, whenever it's over, I'd rather not um, have my parents, you know, stress about me in school. I'd rather just sit it out and and wait until this mess is over. That's my biggest fear of students not having the passion to go to school. You know, some people I know, they are the first of their, their families, the first of their generations to go to school. I think I fear the shattering so many dreams and um, so many opportunities, even in terms of scholarships. I know so many companies have um, just decreased funding in, in their CSI. And that's my biggest fear of students not getting funding anymore because of what COVID has, has done for corporates who have been providing opportunities, financial opportunities for students to go to school. So yeah, my biggest fear is just students not being passionate about going to school and opportunities not being given for them to continue with their studies or to even go to school. That is something that has definitely not been considered. The the long-term effect on the dreams that this pandemic could potentially end 
many of those. Now, in the yeah. lockdown process and our country's approach to fighting this pandemic, what are your thoughts around what could have been done differently for you as a lecturer and an educator and someone who is dealing with people across the country? Sure. I mean, if I look at it from the head right down, I think government is doing their best. I mean, this is this is something that's happening to all of us for the first time. Um, every country has been touched by this. Every part of the world has been touched by it. Um, I can't say what should have been done better, but what I can say is I think the onus obviously lies with us. What we should be doing is genuinely just staying at home and doing our part in social distancing and trying our best to be to do our best. But at the same time, I know that there are people who can't be afforded those opportunities to social distance and to stay at home. Um, so I, I can't say what should have been done um, better because this is the first time any of us experienced this. No one would have ever thought. I mean, you in your life <laughs> would never have thought that you would experience a pandemic. Neither have I. You know, I think even my parents have never thought that they would have to trust that I would be fine on my own in a pandemic without having to protect me or or take care of me. You know, so I think everyone has been doing their best. Every sector has been doing their best. Um, yes, some have failed in trying that, and some have 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 drowned and have gotten up and some are drowning but everyone is really doing their best and everyone and every sector every department has done their best in this time because honestly none of us have gone through this this is our first time so everyone is just winging it and hoping for the best and before I let you go this has come with many struggles, many plights for many people, but online learning more specifically comes with a few unique challenges, including network connectivity, costs, and so many students risk being left behind. How have you been able to mitigate against these and how has your institution assisted in this? So our institution has been giving out data um, to students that could not be um, 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 to, could not have the access to, as I said, as you mentioned, actually, to, with the factors of students not having internet, so forth, so forth. Some students living in rural areas, and um, so our colleagues um, and and our operations department has given data to students and has made sure that every student gets the uh, amount of data that they can get, enough amount of data that they can get in order for them to access the online lectures, in order for them to access us online. Um, and for the students that were really in dire situations where they did not have laptops, because we would find out things like students are actually sharing laptops as a family. So there are five of them in the house, five children, and each child has to be given an opportunity to use one laptop. And the students that came out to say, ma'am, this is my struggle. We direct them to the dean. The dean would direct them to operations and assist them in getting um, the, 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 the gadgets that they need in order to facilitate the work. So that's what we've been trying. I know that it's been difficult. And as I said, everyone is going through this for the first time. So we're all just building the airplane as we go. Um, but our operations department has done their best to, to facilitate this process of ensuring that each student gets data. Each student gets um, gets um, internet access. And if the students hadn't gotten it, we would literally emphasize to the students, please tell us as your lecturers, as your coordinators, as your learning circle coordinators as well, that you are having this issue so that we 
push it to the um, 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 designated um, department to assist you. So that's what we've been doing. And I think our institution has done their best to do that. Um, and every other institution in South Africa has tried. I know that it's been difficult, but we've, we've tried and we've worked together as departments. We've worked together in different faculties and different um, sectors of our institutions to make sure that each student gets exactly what it is that they need. And as an educator during these times, what are your parting thoughts that you'd like our listeners to know about your experience during this pandemic? Hugh, our parting, my parting thoughts are that we're all in it. You know, I think about when one of my, I'll give you an example, one of my students in a Zoom lecture had a tantrum and um, she had literally an emotional fit. And I said to her, you know, calm down. I know exactly what you're going through. You might think, no, I don't, but I, I know. I, as a lecturer, have to make sure that I help you pass. I make sure that I have to make sure that I give you exactly what you've paid for and what you have anticipated your final year of university being like. I am going through this as much as you are. So we're all going through it. We're all in it. And all we need is to stand together, to work together. And I promise you, after I had that conversation with my students, I started seeing a difference in the way that they approach me and in the way that they approach their work. Because what I've also picked up is students have this thing that we don't understand. We're going through it as well. You know, it's not just that we're going through it at work or at school, but even in our personal lives, the anxiety of our loved ones possibly being harmed by this pandemic, ourselves possibly being harmed by this pandemic. It's difficult to function normally in, in a pandemic and to, to work and to pick up like nothing is happening but we're all going through it and if we all just have sympathy towards each other and time to take the time to 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 understand where we're each coming from I think we'll overcome um but it's important to know that we're all going through it and if we work together we'll all get through it together tweet us at hashtag the covid report show and you are listening to the COVID report. I am your host, Siposi Lembuli, unpacking the effect the pandemic has had on online learning and what it looks like for students. Now, to help us have this conversation, we are joined by Umlen Jingila, a master's student and a tutor at the University of the Witwatersrand, further sharing on her experience of online learning during a pandemic. Thank you so much, Umle, for joining us here on the COVID report. Now, Umle, you have been a student through three degrees now, and what has have you noticed as big changes during the pandemic on how you've been taught? Um, I think one thing I'm beginning to notice is that um, learning techniques are being challenged and very stretched in the terms of how our lecturers and our departments actually deliver certain curriculums to us. Um, learner engagements has also changed drastically over these past three years. Um, coming from first year, being in a class of 300, now being in a class of 12, um, there's a lot of differences that I've come to encounter in the terms of how um, different postgraduate is to undergraduates and how undergraduate doesn't really prepare us um, for postgraduate studies, especially um, in what they call Ivy League universities like WITS or UCT. Um, it's just the differences in preparation um, for um, uh, new levels of studies. Let me rather put it that way, yeah. 
So looking more specifically, Omkle, at the new le- the levels of studying during a pandemic and online, how has online learning been and what are your, some of your biggest faults with it? Online, the, online learning has been very, very difficult. And I think one of my biggest faults with this, I've found um, it comes with access, access to resources on um, at, on to get the full online experience, um, access to resources when it comes to internet. Um, that's one issue. <laughs> I don't think um, universities actually can comprehend it or even understand it. Um, as a tutor, I've had to really try very hard to make sure that um, the students that are actually tutor get laptops um, to uh, to their homes or their home times in order for them to do their assignments, in order for them to participate in online tutorials. Online learning for me has been extremely, extremely difficult as my lecturers are not as available as they would be on campus. Um, I think there's a huge underestimation of campus life and how important having supportive structures like labs, like libraries, um, like places like the writing centers being so accessible to you. And once that all of that support is taken away and you are put into um, a different environment to study and our homes, our home situations are very, very, very different um, in home and campus are two separate things that I also think universities do not comprehend. Um, the mental that also comes with online learning, the pressures of dealing with being, because um, when you're home, you are a member of a family. You have things that you need to do, chores that you need to take care of, errands that you need to do, and you're still a student. Unlike when you're on campus, um, you can separate it. You can separate the private and the and the public. And um, I think that takes a huge toll on your mental health, trying to balance um, being a member of society, also trying to balance being a student, um, trying to balance meeting targets um, in unnormal such uh, unnormal circumstances, um, which universities have been trying to be lenient to students, but I don't think we've actually all comprehended how um, the virus has really impacted the lives of students and where they are. And uh, online learning has been very difficult to adjust to, super, super, super difficult to adjust to. And I don't think it's something that can happen over a period of three months or six months. It's going to take time. Um, It's going to take a very, very long time for um, not only students to adjust to online learning, but also for lecturers themselves to also adjust to new ways and new techniques of delivering online learning. But in a country where <laughs> uh, inequality looks the way it does, I, I don't think um, universities in, in SADC were actually prepared for, for IR learning or the experience in itself. So speaking to the adjustment you've had to make with online learning, how have you changed your your different learning styles and how has your approach changed? And how have you changed in delivering work to your tattlings? What I've tried to do the most is make sure that I prepare my material in a way that is cost effective um, so that my students don't have to spend long hours online um, but they can actually get the material, download it, and keep it so they can recite it for later. 
I make sure that I um, prepare voice notes. Um, so sort of like a podcast, I do that for my titlings and I make sure that I prepare that beforehand and I prepare slides for them to look at later on. I make sure I email um, even extracurricular reading for them to do in order for it to just assist with um, the material that they are being given. And luckily, because I, I teach um, anthropology and it's a writing intensive course, meaning that our students in our departments don't really write um, um, an exam online, like a sit down exam, but they write a long paper. And we just make sure that we prepare them enough for them to understand the social concepts that they are engaging, the material that they're engaging in order for their long paper to be um, as academic as possibly as they can, but still authentic um, to their own voice and understanding of um, what's happening around them. Um, they currently right now are keeping um, diaries, COVID-19 diaries, so that they can actually um, take what they're learning in class and, uh, and apply it or um, try to apply it with what's happening around them and their realities as well. So I've really been trying to make sure that our, our delivery um, is very cost-effective, um, it's efficient, but at the same time, it's also feeding in into sharpening them to be the intellectual um, students that they have the potential of being. Um, yeah. And as a student, how have you changed your approach? Ooh, as a student, this one has been very difficult because um, uh, master's is, is quite, it's quite a difficult course. Um, development studies is quite difficult. So I really had to adjust and learn how to, first of all, um, get through three-hour long classes online. <laughs> and secondly, um, how to break down uh, my own work without the extra supports that I would have had on campus. So I've been making sure that, um, first of all, I take care of my mental health. So I've been joining online communities um, with other master's students who are like me, um, trying to make sure that we support each other throughout um, this period, um, giving each other new techniques on how to study, how to break down our um, research and how to write our proposals. I've been making sure that I attend as many webinars and seminars online that actually teach me how to be a better writer, how to be um, a better researcher. And um, when it comes down to just sitting down and actually doing the work, I make sure that I try my best to keep to a schedule and be consistent in it to make sure that um, I also keep accountable, um, making sure that I have a work accountability partner, partner who actually um, checks up on me and says, okay, um, at this hour, you said you were going to be working on your research proposal. How far are you with that? And just making sure I constantly keep communication lines open between me and my supervisor. Um, that meaning I can't just email alone, but I also need to call. Um, so making sure that on my side, I'm doing the best that I can as a student to adjust, but to also keep myself grounded, also keep myself healthy um, when it comes to online learning. I don't, it's a holistic process. So you must keep, you must take care of the mind. You must take 
care of your body as well. Um, otherwise, you're going to crash um, because this is something that's totally new. We are all doing it for the first time. Most of us actually are all doing it for the first time. And you just need to be kind to yourself during that process. And I need to keep reminding myself, you've never done this before. You're going to make mistakes, um, um, but you you just need to constantly learn. Um, I think the best thing I can always say is just consistency is key. Keep to a routine and just making sure you try your best to um, take in as, as much work that you can in a day. Um, and if you can't, you can't. So as a student, are you concerned about the work that you are doing and receiving from the quality of content and the quality of the work you are giving back? At the beginning, I was very worried about um, just the, yes, the experience, the quality uh, and the experience because this is not cheap. (laughs) Uh, University in itself is not cheap, but in its sense, I was worried that I was not getting the full experience that I should be getting. Um, and I was also really worried that I was rushing through my work in order for me to make sure I meet deadlines. And during a pressure time, you can't really do everything thoroughly as much as you want to um, because of the times that we are living in. It's not a normal time. And I was just really worried that I wasn't really producing the best work that I could produce. And I was also really worried that my lecturers were also not feeling as confident enough in delivering um, online lessons to us the best way that they can. Because we're so used to contact learning. That's the that's the sphere um, and their forte where they actually do their best and their potential really comes out as lecturers as well. So in this adjustment, I really do think that um, not everybody was not really giving out the best of their best. And um, that will affect the quality of work coming from lecturers and coming from students. And as I said, it comes with adjusting. Um, it comes with also just trying out our best. And But the experience has really, 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 really changed. Um, this whole adapting um, process of us adapting and adapting and giving work like huge chunks of work um, in short periods of time under pressure is really really rushed and I just wish um, we had different circumstances that we could work under but I really do believe that the quality of work that um, we are producing is not at the standard that we'd like it to be. So as a tutor to a course and to first years, how have you, one, managed the class divide between your tutlings? And two, how have you ensured the integrity of the work produced by your tutlings, ensuring that they don't receive assistance, ensuring that the work they submit is actually their own? Um, this is a very good question that many tutors, because um, we had um, training sessions, and this was a question that many of us kept on asking making sure that it's a fair process for everyone and I think with our with our group our tutor group we came up with the idea of making sure that they constantly work in groups with each other and we divide them um, into 
into peer groups that make sh- where they actually support each other first of all, but also where we make sure that they are also learning from each other when it, especially when it comes to class divides. Um, <laughs> this thing is, oh, I can't even explain the inequalities um, that our students, our undergraduate students are really, really going through and are facing. And it's kind of difficult when it comes to when they need to submit individual assignments because you're never really not sure who wrote that type of assignments for that student. Um, but you try your best to trust your students the, uh, the best that you can. And lecturers um, have been lecturing for a long time so they can spot um, work that is plagiarized or work that is not plagiarized. But for us as well, we're still trying to come up with more solutions to make sure that um, the online process is fair for everybody. But I will say that during this time, uh, many of my lecturers who come, not lecturers, I'm sorry, my students who come from privileged homes um, have been very conscientized uh, by their own, by their own peers in their classrooms, but also by the course itself. Um, around class divides and inequalities, I'm happy that they are getting an understanding of um, the inequalities that exist within South Africa and within the education system. So um, it's quite a difficult thing to try and um, control or to uh, to maintain fairness during this process. I, I, I really am still thinking about the processes, especially for next semester, on how we can better do that to make sure that the experience is fair for everyone. But it's a really, really difficult task um, to handle. But we we have been trying our best as the anthropology department to make sure that um, the class divides are not felt as much as they were felt on campus by our students, by making sure that uh, our dates are more relaxed um, when it comes to handing in Students have um, amnesty in our in our departments to make sure that they hand in assignments, um, not even on time, but just hand in assignments so that they can get their marks um, in and they can actually progress to the next following semester or the next year. Yeah. So, Omple, in this whole thing, in your opinion, what could have been done different in the approach adopted by the Department of Education, of higher education? And what would you like to see change as we go into the second semester? Oh, that's a, a hard, but also a question that I think about a lot. And one thing I can say is that uh, many of our government departments, there's a lack of imagination that exists within them. Um, the 4IR experience in itself is something that has um, highlighted again, through again and again, the inequalities that exist within um, within higher learning institutions, but education in itself. And I believe just the more um, education is commodified, the more um, access becomes a threat to um, the working class. And I really do believe that the Department of Education um, or higher learning should have had plans way ahead of time um, before um, this pandemic actually hit plans to make sure that students have devices, um, technological devices to do their work when they are not on campus. 
making sure that students have um, enough to access um, things online, like the internet, Wi-Fi. These are things that um, should have already been done without a pandemic having to happen. Um, when it comes to just making sure that there's a fairness when it comes to the access of education. And I think what can be done now is that um, there's a lot of consultation that has been happening, that has been done. There are so many plans that are sitting on the desk of the departments of education or higher education. And I think now is the time to just implement. Um, I don't think everybody is coming to um, those who are sitting in higher influence or higher positions of influence, I think it's time to stop playing um, mouse and cat and blame games, um, pointing fingers at each other. And it's really time to get down to work because the more there is less of an implementation stage of things that um, can prevent um, these inequalities that are, we are seeing right now in higher education and higher learning and in its experience, the more... Um, we are actually oppressing the working class and the more we are actually preventing their access to an education that is um, education that is not only quantitative but is also qualitative in its way and um, I really do believe that the departments of basic education could have done more to be more um, harmonized in how they actually handle um online learning in all universities. Universities as well also have an obligation to cooperate um, with the Department of Higher Learning of Education and stop trying their best to meet targets. Um, lives matter. Um, I think that's the one thing that I think our universities are not understanding, that um, these degrees are one of the ways that many of our students um, or only the only way many of our students are using to get themselves out of adverse situations. And these degrees really matter. And that should be a priority to our universities, making sure that they actually give access to students to have a fair learning experience, but also a fair, a fair um, experience of getting degrees and also getting into higher levels of learning like postgraduate studies. And it's really, really up to the departments to make sure that um, the access to education doesn't is not further threatened by these inequalities that we are seeing today. And it's time to get to work more um, than um, consultative processes. Those things must stop. They must come to an end and get to the implementation stage of making sure that um, um, education becomes less of a commodity in our society. Yeah. And lastly, Omtle, universities have allowed students to go back. Are you eager to return back to class and allow for contact learning? Or do you think this is something that's here to stay and 2021 will see classrooms full again? Yeah. This is a hard um, one to navigate because um, going back to campus causes a huge risk um, to the health of this country um, and the health of our students as well. Contact learning is very is going to be something that's very difficult. Um, but COVID-19 as a virus um, seems not to be something that's going to disappear anytime soon. Um, I am 
not excited to go back to unprepared situations. And meaning what I mean by that, I'm not excited to go back into a university that's unprepared to handle um, processes of making sure that health regulations are followed in universities or in a space where university students are also irresponsible in how they conduct themselves within their campuses. Um, I do miss contact learning. I'm not going to lie and contact teaching as well. Um, but I think health should be prioritized over anything um, currently. And if universities are going to be open, I think they must open with caution and they must open uh, in mind with uh, a future for the students that they are serving. And they must remember that they are servants. Uh, university is serving our community. So um, if contact learning is seen to be um, something that should continue, um, it should continue with caution. Uh, I don't believe that we should ever prioritize anything above our health or the health of our students. And that was Omtle Jingela, a university student, unpacking on her experience to what online education has been like and some of her concerns. Joined before that was Gamuhelo Matsosa, unpacking the effects of the pandemic as a lecturer and what she has had to consider in making sure that we are still able to get a fair education. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vets. By Voice of Vets. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1, 88.1. or stream. Stream via www.varfm.co.za.